Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, it's great to see you this morning. Wow, what a great time of worship and being baptized in uh, water today. And we just love you guys. Thank you so much. We love those of you that are watching online. I was looking today. We've had people from New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, uh, Indiana, Ohio, all around. So we just thank you. Father's House, would you welcome those that are watching online? <clears throat> wow. We're in a series called Dreams. And uh, it's going to be very uh, intriguing and rewarding as we finish this series. we got several more weeks. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it uh, because each week is going to build on top of each other and going to make a difference in our life. Here's what I know without a shadow of a doubt. Here's the word that I believe that God wants me to share with you today. It's time to live the dream that God has given you. It's time to live the dream that God has given you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to live the dream God has given you. Go ahead and tell them. Uh, let me ask just a couple of prompting questions that might help us to think about this. What is it in your heart that is secretly there of something that you in life feel like you should do or want to do. And maybe you've never told anybody about it, not even God, but it's, it's there. What is it when you lay your head down on your pillow at night? What are the thoughts and the desires, when everything else gets quiet, what are the thoughts and the desires that you would like to do yourself? And I know we struggle with that because we think, well, it, it, I, I could never do this. There's just no way. And so you feel like that those things that you hold inwardly just needs to be dismissed because it's probably pure fantasy. After all, how could God ever use me to accomplish fill in the blank. And if that's you, you are who this series is all about because God wants to speak to you because here's what I believe without a shadow of a doubt, that God has a detailed plan for your life that brings him glory, will bring fulfillment and satisfaction to you and will make a difference in people's lives. You know what's so amazing? There are people in this world that, you know, used to be when I was in school, back before World War I, uh, you'd go to a guidance counselor, and they'd say, well, what do you want to do with your life? Well, you know, you had no idea what you want to do with your life. You had some things on the inside that you think, but you would never say those. And then they would say, well, now, here's the market that's paying the most money right now. So it's all about what money can you make as you come out of high school and college and how can college help you with that? But you know what I found? I found that a lot of people spend a lot of money and get an education and a lot of time working, making money, buying things, homes, condos, motorcycles, cars, golf clubs, doing a lot of things. But yet in the middle of that, 
still feeling like there's something more that I'm supposed to do with my life than just make money. There's something more that I'm supposed to do. How can I discover that? How can I find that? Where will it be? Here's what I said last week, and you can look at it. It's in your notes. God gives you a dream, a purpose, a mission, a plan for your life. I believe everybody here, that even if you're not a follower of Christ, I believe before you were ever born, God had a purpose, a mission, and a plan for your life. Listen to me. Somebody is waiting on the other side of your decision to live the dream that God has for you. Somebody's waiting for you to show up. Somebody's waiting for you to show up to fulfill that dream that God has given you. So you see, it's not all about just, it's not just about us. A dream is not. A dream will be something that gives glory to God, something that helps other people. And it really will be something that you can only do by God's help. We said last week, second of all, a dream is your God-given projected a destiny. It's a dream is your God-given projected destiny. In other words, it's your destination. So I want to help you today by looking in the life of Joseph. Some of you remember the story of Joseph and some of you are not sure. Uh, Joseph, you remember uh, in, in the Bible, he was a teenager at age 17 when he received a dream of what God wanted to do in his life. Listen, you do not want to miss next week. You're going to hear the story of one of our own as a young person that sat in this church and thinking some of the things that some of you are thinking, but what's my dream? What's my vision? How could God use me? And you're going to hear her share her testimony of how that God helped her to understand and to be the successful businesswoman that she is today. So how many of you here today are between the ages of 17 and 25? Would you raise your hand? All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, don't lie like that, Mike Blackhall. But that's the age. And here's what I want to say. This is, I'm so excited that you're here. And I encourage you, don't miss this series. In the last service, one woman said, I'm just visiting your church. I'm visiting for the series. So when the series ends, I'll be out of here. So I said, this series doesn't end for a year. <laughs> now, those of you that are young people, I'm so excited that you're here because I'm telling you, God is going to reveal some things to you and you're going to bypass a lot of hurts and hangups and struggles that a lot of other people have had. So he's 17 and he gets his dream. And the dream is he sees his brothers who don't like him, by the way, because he's a favorite of his son, of his father. He sees his brothers bow before him, and then he has another dream. He sees his family bow before him. So like a cocky teenager, what does he do? He tells them, ha-ha, one of these days, I'm no longer going to be the young kid. You're going to bow down before me. Well, they hated him all the more. And so one day, he's out with them in the field, and they said, hey, let's kill this sucker. Let's get him out of our life. We've had enough of him. And the other brother says, no, nah, let's make some money on him. Let's throw him in the pit and let's sell him to that Egyptian convoy coming there. And they can take him on so he's in slavery. So he's put in, he's put in chains and he's marched off to Egypt. And there he finds himself working in Potiphar's house. Potiphar buys him as a slave. 
So uh, chapter 39, verses three and four. So Potiphar noticed this and realized, notice it, that the Lord was with Joseph. Say that with me. The Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. Wow, looks like things have turned around. From the pit now, and he's in Potiphar's house. Well, Potiphar's wife is the original Egyptian cougar. And she sees this 17-year-old hunk And she does everything she can. She wears the sexiest clothes. She gives him the best words that she can. Oh, she wants him. 17-year-old kid, normal hormones. But he said, I can't do this to God, nor to my master, Potiphar. So she says, enough of this. And so she grabs him by the clothes. She's going to rape him. She grabs him. You think the Bible is X-rated right here, okay? So she grabs his clothes. And what does he do? He runs out of the house and she holds onto his clothes and then she begins yelling, sexual assault, sexual assault. And now he's in prison. (sighs) So in prison, it says, the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite in the prison with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. There it is again. Notice the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. All right. So the cupbearer and the butler, he meets them. They're in prison also. And they have dreams. And, and so he interprets the dream. And the cupbearer is going to be released. And Joseph said, please, I've been in here falsely accused. Please help me to get out. And so the cupbearer says, I promise, I swear on my mother's grave and my uncle or something like that. And I'll remember you. But when he gets out, what does he do? He forgets. So the months and the years go on. And one day Pharaoh has a dream. and Nobody can interpret the dream. And the cupbearer says, oh, I forgot. There's this guy by the name of Joseph. So Pharaoh calls for Joseph. Joseph says, let me tell you the meaning of the dream. He says, there's going to be seven years of plenty in Egypt, and there's going to be seven years of famine in the entire world. And Joseph says, if you'll do this, and you'll do this, and you'll do this, God will have plenty of here in Egypt. And so at age 30, 13 years after getting his dream, He's now a free man, and he serves Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, you are one smart dude. I realize your God is with you, so I'm going to make you second in command, and whatever you say, everybody will have to do. So here he is. The famine came. The plenty came. There was starvation everywhere around the world. And then Joseph's brothers and family are starving back in Israel. And they hear that in Egypt, there's plenty. So Joseph's father said to his sons, you got to go get us some food or we're going to starve. So here comes Joseph's brothers. And when they come before him, they bow before him and beg for food. Whoa. Joseph saw this years ago when he was a kid. So he looks at his brothers. And if there's ever a time that he could put 
justice on them and put them in their place, it would have been at that time. But what does he do? He's 40 years old. They don't recognize him. It's been 23 years since they threw him in the pit and sold him as a slave. Joseph realizes the dream that God gave him was not about himself, but it was about how that God could use him to provide food for the nation of Israel that was starving and to redeem them. You see, if your dream is just about you, that's not a God dream. But if your dream is about helping other people and making a difference in their life and giving God to glory. So Joseph looks at his brothers and he says this to them, Genesis 50 and 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. From the pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, to where he is now. He looks back in the rearview mirror and he simply says, I realize it was all for good. At 17 years old, he didn't know what his dream looked like or what it would be, and he was too cocky. God had to knock some of that independence out of him so that he could depend on God. And Joseph said, you meant it for my harm, but God meant it for good. He put me into this position so I could save the lives of people. So his family came to Egypt. They were there. They had plenty. God reunited them. He would have never been able to clarify the dream at 17. It took a few years for that dream to come. But during all the setbacks, he never started whimpering like a little baby he never said, why is this happening to me? I can't believe everything's happened to me. You just think bad things have happened to you. Have you been sold as a slave? Have they put shackles on your feet and around your neck and drugged you around? No. Have you been accused falsely? Maybe. Have you been put in prison? Probably not. Have you been forgotten for some 17 years? Probably not. And so what do we do? We whimper, we cry, but all the time, could it be that God was working in your life so that he could bring you to the place that you could have the greatest impact. If you believe that today, give the Lord a hand clap. So my question that I ask you to ask yourself today is, do I have a God-given dream? Do I have a God-given dream? Do I have a purpose for my life? I think there are probably at least five different types of people that are here today or watching online. Five different people people groups. I think there's a, some of us that are here today, and if this is a fill-in number one, you don't have a dream. No dream. You have no dream. When I talk about dreams, you just come up empty and say, well, I, I, I don't have a dream. I, I don't know what God wants to do with my life. I don't know what the purpose of my life is. After all, I'm just a teenager. After all, I'm just in my 20s. After all, in my 30s, how, how would I understand what God's purpose for my life is? But I think, let's be realistic. Let me, let me come into the inside of your mind, your heart, where you probably don't let a lot of people come. I believe you know that deep down on the inside, there is something for you to do. But maybe right now, you don't understand that dream. Why? Why, why would person not have a dream? Well, first of all, maybe because God's not in your life. He's not, you've never surrendered your heart to the Lord. You thought you could handle everything, do everything by yourself. Listen, you can live the rest of your life in control 
or you can live the rest of your life surrendering to God who's got a purpose and a destiny to, for you to be fulfilled that's going to be awesome. Or maybe the reason you have no dream is that you are disconnected from him. You hear the voices everywhere else. So what's the next step? Well, you need to be selective in what you're hearing. Be selective in what you're hearing. What are you hearing? Where do you spend most of your time? TikTok, TikTok, whatever it's called, <laughs> Facebook, what people are saying at school or on the job, what your parents have said, what people have told you, you're a loser, you'll never amount to anything. You, you, don't, you don't know how to study. You don't know how to, you're always in trouble. You're always struggling. You'll go through life and you'll never amount to anything. You hear those voices and hear those voices somewhere along the line. If you want to have a dream, you got to cut those voices out. And you got to realize that Jeremiah, who was a young teenager, said, as God said to him, call to me, Jeremiah, call to me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. So here's what I'm going to say. If you don't have a dream, I'm going to encourage you to start calling out to God, but don't call out to him in a monologue. So much of our prayer is monologue, monologue, monologue. I need this. I need this. I need this. But when we're talking about discovering this dream, we just talk to him and say, Lord, I, there's a lot of competing voices in my mind, but I want to hear your voice more than anything else. And you just keep your journal or your notepad, your Evernote, whatever you do, and you take a note. What's he saying to you? What's he saying to you? What, what is he saying? So first of all, there are people that have no dreams. Second of all, there's some of you today that you have a self-centered dream. You don't have a bad dream. You don't have a selfish, uh, or you don't have a sinful dream. You have a selfish dream. It's all about you. Your dream is all about you, pursuing things for you that people would know about you. Your whole, your whole words, everything you post on Facebook is I, 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 me, 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 my, 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 mine. You know, and, and, and that's all that, 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 that there is. But that's not a God dream. A God dream is one that he gives you that's not about you, but it's about him. Here's what Paul said. I consider my life worth nothing to me, but if only I can finish the race and complete the task that Jesus has given me. Jesus has given you a task. Jesus has given you a task. What is that? What could that be? What's the next step then here if we have uh, in this area where we have a self-centered dream? Well, we need to totally surrender to Jesus. If we're, if we're going to hear, cut out all the other voices, then we need to totally surrender to Jesus. Lord, my life is not my own. I, I'm not... I'm not just laying out where I can make the most money in life, what I can do, but Lord, I want you. Remember the verse of scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then what? All these things will be added to you. My, my, my fear is when I start teaching about dreams and vision and purpose, then people start praying this, Lord, show me my dream. Lord, show me my dream. Show me my purpose. Lord, I want to see that. I want to know that. And when that happens then, we've inverted, we've inverted this whole process. It's not about the dream. It's about the Jesus in you that then gives you a dream that you can only fulfill with his help. Nowhere do I read Joseph prayed for a dream and God gave him a dream. He was just showing up in life. 
And God saw something that had been put in Joseph before the foundation of the earth that God said, right now, he's a 17-year-old punk. But one of these days, he's going to stand as a head of nations and speak to people. And God saw that, so he gave him a dream, a feeling that I'm going to achieve some sort of position but in that position, people are going to bow down. So I, I don't understand what that's, that's all about. And a lot of people, when they hear the story of Joseph, uh, they teach it like this. Joseph got a dream. He held on to the dream. And Joseph, in times of panic, would remember his dream. So you have to remember your dream when everything is going bad and you're in the pit. That's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Nowhere does it say that when Joseph was in the pit, he remembered the dream. Nowhere in those scriptures, 14 chapters, does it say that when he was in prison, he remembered the dream. There's only one time that it says he remembered the dream. Chapter 49. And you know when that was? When his brothers were bowing down before him, then all of a sudden he remembered the dream and he was able to understand what God was doing. Listen, if you spend all of your time trying to seek and desire and live out a dream, you've missed the whole purpose here. No matter where Joseph was put, he leaned in to being faithful and doing what God put in front of him and not complaining about that, but knowing that God was with him in the midst of that and brought him out to the place of his destiny and his purpose. Wow, thank you, God. You see, he didn't follow his dream. His dream followed him. His dream followed him. There's a third type of people that's here today, and you have a dying dream. Had a grandfather leave in the last service. He said, I'm going to send this text to my granddaughter. I wanted to hear this teaching because he said she's let her dream die. And maybe you had a dream, but you've had setback after setback after setback. And you've given up on that dream and saying, well, I guess that's not really from God. But I'm here to tell you, this is the next step for you today. This is a word for someone right now. You got to dream again. You've been complaining. You've been seeing all the bad going. God is saying, dream again. Paul said to young Timothy, I'm writing to encourage you. I want you to fan into a flame, rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift that I gave you when I laid hands on you. He's saying, listen, Timothy, you've been through a lot of struggles, but I want you to, there's just an ember left of that dream, just an ember left of that. So I want you to, I want to, I want to fan, I want you to fan that a little bit. So when you fan that, then it begins to become a fire. So how do you fan the fire? You get back with God. You spend time with God. You begin confessing your dependence upon God and saying, God, I only want one thing in my life. I want my life to glorify you. I want my life to be so impactful that it makes a difference in somebody else's life. It's not about me, but it's about helping other people. Some of you here today have what I call number four, an unfocused dream. And I believe that's where a lot of people are today. It's just an unfocused dream. You really feel like God has something for you, but you don't know what it is. You don't know how to make sense of it. You don't, you, you, you don't know where it is. You haven't really taken time to articulate that vision. You haven't written it down. You see, if you haven't written it down, then you probably haven't told anybody about it. It's so important that you write down the dream that God has given you so that you know, and, and God knows that he can work with you in that area. Habakkuk, the great prophet said, write down 
what I show you. Write it clearly on a sign so that the message will be easy to read. So where do you start? Please, this is going to be so practical. So practical that you won't think it's spiritual, but that's okay. But this is a good step. For those of you who had an unfocused dream, I know it's there. I feel it. When you taught last week, I felt something jumped inside of me, and I believe it's there, but I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to start. Where do I begin? I've asked God to show me, but I'm getting nothing. It's just blanks. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to sit down. I want you to get quiet. And I want you just to close your eyes for a moment in the presence of the Lord and say, before I die, I want to. Before I die, I want to. And then you just start writing things down. It's called a bucket list, right? I got about 100 things in my bucket list. You know, before I die, I want to go with Anita to the Eiffel Tower, and I want to kiss her on the top of the Eiffel Tower. I want to spend and celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary together. I want to baptize my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren to the Lord. I want to do those things. I used to say I want to run a half marathon. I've already done that four times, so I'm not going to repeat that. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things. But you see, in, in that, in, in creating a bucket list, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Before I die, I want to go to the Holy Land. Before I die, I want to do this. Before I die, I want to do something else, right? Because here's what happens. When you begin looking at that on the paper, and I've got, I've got like 100 of those in, in my journal, and, and about every month or so, I revisit those. Because why? Because it gives me a vision of the real desires, the passions that I have in my heart. Because what happens when you start talking about giftings and dreams, you start comparing your dream with somebody else's. And two things either happen. You either feel like you're, you're better than somebody else, or you feel like you're worse than somebody else. Listen, you're nobody else. If you're somebody and duplicating somebody else, and God made a mistake. But he didn't make any mistake. He gifted you. He talented you. He blessed you in the way that you are. And he wants you to discover who you are. So when I started working, my, my counselor encouraged me to do that. He said, just work through those, Terry. Write them down. Physical things you'd like to do. Spiritual things you'd like to do. What would you like to do? And that, so as I began writing those down, then I began looking back at those and say, okay, then it looks like that my life is sort of maybe moving in this direction. Could that be? You see, in the very inception it's not that God says, okay, you're going to be the owner of a presidential company that's going to have a million dollars every month come in. Sometimes it's just that he gives you a desire to solve a problem. Some of you, a very young age, you've been problem solvers. When you'd see an issue, you'd, you'd solve a problem. Some of you started businesses because you saw a need and you saw how to solve that need. So sometimes people say, well, you know, I just, I feel like I'd like to help others. I've always had that desire of, of helping others. And I'm thinking of, well, some of you are exactly like that. At a very young age, you, you're always one that wanted to help somebody else. So you see, when you realize, then that's part of the dream. God wants you to be able to help somebody, but in what area? I'm thinking of my lovely wife here who's now 63. Isn't she amazing for 63? And so she's a very, she's a very, she has a very brilliant mind. Her mind never shuts off. 
five o'clock in the morning when we get up to go to the gym, her mind is moving. And it's time to go to bed, her mind is moving. I told her, and I know she could do anything she wanted. She could be an engineer. She'd be a good lawyer because she argues cases well. <laughs> but Anita said, at an early age, I felt like that I always wanted to help people, especially an underdog, people that had less than. So she said, when I was in college, I decided I wanted to help people. And so I thought I would be a psychologist. So she said, I took a psychology course, and she said, nope, didn't like that, not at all. But she met a, in a summer job, she met a blind girl. And the summer job that she had was to help that blind girl. And something happened in her, and she realized that part of where God wanted to move her in the next phase, she went to school, she finished a graduate degree in visual impairment to help people navigate in life who were losing their vision, who had lost their vision. She worked at that a long time, and she was very successful. Now what does she do? She helps people. She helps people. So some of you are in that same area. I was thinking of Edwin here, who's now a police officer. He's an old man, police officer. <laughs> How old are you, Edwin? 42. 42 and just changed careers from a truck driver to a policeman. Catch that. But he told me before service, he said, but this just didn't happen in the last few years. He said, 15, 18 years ago, I don't know what it was. He said, I knew I had the desire to make people feel safe and to do, and felt like I wanted to be a police officer. But because of fear, I became a truck driver. But he said, in all the years of being a truck driver, I couldn't get away from I'm to be a police officer. And I'm talking to some of you. You just got to start processing. Of what is it? How has God created me? What has he made me? How has he wanted me to do? And number five, there's some of you that have a God-given dream. You know it's a God-given dream. You're, you're right in the middle of your God-given dream. When I was five years old, even probably before five, I knew that I wanted to be a preacher. Without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that's what I wanted to be. And, and, and so my, uh, my grandmother used to ask me that. She'd love to get me in front of people and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a preacher at five. Because I really believe that's what God wanted to do with my life. So once you say, okay, I believe I have a God-given dream. Maybe it's in the area of helping people. Maybe it's in the area of solving a problem. Maybe it's in the area of bringing peace. Maybe it's in the area of whatever else it could be, helping others achieve their dreams. Maybe it's lifting a life. And so what do you do? You start, then you start doing that. You start a business. And, and you're good at what you do because God has gifted you in that area. So here's what I'm going to say. To help you clarify your vision and to get it beyond just the general law, I want to help people, I want to do something, I'm going to encourage you to evaluate Evaluate. What do you evaluate? Well, you evaluate, and I'm not going to take a long time to do this today. My time is running out. But you, you want to, first of all, look at the dream and say, okay, has God designed me? Has God gifted me in this area? Is this something I could be good at? 
And if you struggle with where that is, I'd encourage you to go to the growth track every first, second, and third, and fourth Sunday we have, and it'll help you to discover uh, those gifts that God has put in your life. Here's what you got to understand. Not every dream from God is earth shattering, but it may be earth shattering in your sphere. You're good at what you do. I, uh, I have a trainer at the gym, and uh, I don't really like him. <laughs> he never lets me rest. But I'm always amazed at how good he is at what he does. I'm always amazed at how when a person asks a question, he doesn't answer that question in such a way to say, I'm superior than you. But he does it in such a way that he helps that person to realize their life and their physical condition can get better. Every week, the training is totally different. Never, never the same thing. And I look at that, and I was amazed when I was thinking about that this morning, and I'm telling this because he's here. Maybe it'll be easier on me this week. <laughs> but what would have happened if he had never lived the dream that he should have his own business? What would have happened when part of the dream that he had at one time collapsed and it looks like he was losing the dream instead of gaining the dream? I wonder how many people would not be who they are today. I wonder if I'd still be walking around about 40 pounds more than what I'm carrying right now. And after all, he did the test this week and I found out that I'm better than 90% of the men my age. So I feel good. I'm telling you this. Evaluate the dream. Then has God gifted you with the ability to fulfill that dream? And then it's the decisions you make every day to improve yourself. Are you understand? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's what Paul said. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do, read it with me, so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Look at your neighbor, look at him right in the eye this time and say, God's got good things for you to do. Say it again to the other side. God's got good things, good things, good things. Not bad things, he's got good things for you today, good things. And then he says, before I made you, made you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I chose you for a special work. That's God's way of saying, before you were born, I was already dreaming about your life. Here's what I know. God gives a dream, purpose, a mission, a plan for our life, a projected destiny for you. Does this make sense? Yes. You receive this today. If you receive this today, give the Lord a hand clap and say, yeah. I know some of you are catching glimpse, glimpse, glimpse. Be patient with me as we come along. Each week, we're going to go into this more and more. And, uh, and maybe at the end of this, we'll just take some time to actually answer questions, Q&A. I don't know where, where all this is going, but I just really feel like this is so important, so important. I want to pray, first of all, for those of you that are here today that 
You don't have a dream. Maybe you have never really processed your dream. You're still struggling with that. Maybe you don't have, even have anybody to encourage you about your dream. Would you bow your head? Father, I pray today. It's not an accident that those that are here today are here. It's not an accident that you're speaking to us today in the way that you're speaking to us. And Lord, I pray for those that just simply said, I don't know if I have a dream. I, I don't understand it. Lord, would you help them to be patient with themselves? Help them not to be frustrated when they looked around and see what somebody else is doing. Maybe they're in school. Maybe they're in college. Maybe they're in trade school. Maybe they're just formulating what they're doing. Oh, God, please. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Raise up a generation of people to fulfill the dream that you have for them. Lord, help us to realize today that we're never too old to live out our dream. In a few weeks, we'll look at Caleb, 80 years old, that said, I'm going to fulfill the dream that the Lord gave me when I was 40. So, Lord, I pray you would encourage us today, encourage us, encourage us to listen to the word, to seek you, to understand you. As you continue to pray for yourself today, letting the Lord know of what you want and how you want him to work in your life. I really need to give an invitation to anyone that might be here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. Jesus came to this world, lived a sinless life, no sin. He went to the cross to take your sins and my sins. And on the third day, he was resurrected from the dead. He's alive. So that anyone who calls upon his name could be saved. That includes you. And you're here today and you know that you need him. You know that you need him today. Well, I want to lead you in prayer in just a minute. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you feel bad. But I just know that there's people here today or online, like the five people in the first service, that simply said, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want him to forgive me of my sins, give me a purpose for living, and give me a hope for eternity. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. It's not what I'm doing. It's the power of the gospel, the power of the good news. And Jesus is drawing you right now. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, Terry, please pray for me today. I want to make that decision. Please pray for me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you. Others today, that's me. That's me. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Or those of you that are watching online, join the four that raised their hand. It's, it's a time for you. It's not to be ashamed or embarrassed in any way. But it's a time to know that God loves you so much that he's wanting to come in and to bring fulfillment into your life. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart as we pray this today. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352 352- 
329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.